This is the Pursuit of Habit Podcast. We interview some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world today and unpack their unique behind-the-scenes habits that you've never heard about. Kyle Ritchie is the CEO of Strides, a flexible goal and habit tracking app used by hundreds of thousands of people in over 100 countries to track and achieve millions of goals. So the first thing we ask everyone who comes on the show is how did you get to where you are today? Well, yeah, I'd say uh, the biggest thing has just been by scratching my own itch. I know it's kind of an entrepreneur's term or whatever, but I, uh, I had a problem. I set out to solve it mostly for myself, almost like a selfish thing in the beginning. But the world is big enough for the most, what, 8 billion people out there and that, you know, lots of other people have the exact same problem. So the solution can help them too. And I think that's, that's pretty much been my MO up to this point. I mean, I... I've, you know, whether it's been just like an idea that I had for an app or um, even before that, when I used to build websites and stuff, like I'd always just kind of think of um, something that I would like to, to do and then uh, or solve. And then I just kind of went through with it and uh, turns out other people like it, too. So, yeah, it's been kind of the, the pattern I've followed. Really cool. So would you say that the idea of the product you created was something that began with a problem that you had personally and then i mean before even getting into it did you did you research the market or was this something that um, just came out of a pure problem that you had and you wanted to solve for yourself in the beginning yeah i I probably should have done more research honestly at the beginning but uh i didn't know a whole lot about it and like there are like keyword research tools on you know for google and that kind of thing on, on the web and so i was used to doing that but um truthfully whenever i did that stuff i I got into industries and kind of did research and found like, oh, this one might be really easy to tap into. Let me let me do that, you know. And I would kind of chase the, you know, almost like trends and things and like what I I don't know. I just never really felt very fulfilled and happy with that. So I I, I probably overcorrected a little too much. But when I moved on to software, I I just kind of you know thought of it as well i'm not seeing keyword research tools at the time like it was 2008 2009 like when the app store just come out and stuff and i was like yeah there's no way to know what the volume of a term is so like i just i just went into it thinking you know in in the case of strides it was just like okay there are you know all these people who for a good example would be like after new year's people would make fun of new year's resolutions like oh yeah that'll last till january 15th or whatever you know and i i would just it was annoying to be completely honest it's like how sad is that you know they're like we're all trying to be better and, and achieve big goals we've set for ourselves but we're all cool with just laughing about how bad we are at it you know like it just really bugged me and it, for myself i mean it wasn't like i was passing judgment on anybody else it was just like man that's true though like seriously by february like half the things that i'm trying to do are just feeling over already so it really bothered me and i i was getting really into um you know to-do list software and stuff like that like planning things on a calendar and everything because i mean everybody has like their their planners you know that they're using like in you know middle school and high school and even as you get up into college and stuff and so i realized how unorganized some things were and i just wanted to kind of you know make things a little easier on myself and people had been using you know palm pilots and blackberries and stuff and then like the iphone comes out and it's like oh this seems kind of cool you know and uh, so, yeah, I just, it was really early days, but I just, I was kind of seeing it as maybe I could do something a little more unique, a little more interesting and, and a little like kind of zoomed out from that instead of the individual tiny things that you want to do right in this moment or like the events or meetings you have, you know, you could actually set bigger goals and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where it started. And then 
over the years, yeah, I just sort of iterated based on things that I wanted to see and things that other people requested. And it, yeah, yeah, it just kind of went from there. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. And I think the, the biggest piece that I got out of that and, and for the audience especially is, is the, the one word you said is fulfillment. And, and obviously, once you when you selected something that really you were passionate about, obviously, I mean, that's something that ended up being successful. Can you briefly explain, um, I guess, what you've built um, with Strides uh, to the audience? Yeah, so it's a, it's a goal and habit tracking app. Um, it's basically currently four tracker types. We're adding a couple more, but um, it's uh, you can track habits, uh, target goals, so like a certain number by a date, average goals, so a certain you know average over time, say per day, week, month, year, that kind of thing, um, and then uh, milestones. So you can create like you know a project and say I'm going to break it into these milestones and use like sliders for the percent complete for each one. Um, and we're adding like a checklist one where you could break things down into smaller steps and like almost like subtasks, and then we'll do a time tracker too. So like, we're, we're just kind of making it as flexible as we can to track stuff. And then, um, the idea is that, you know, each one of those things has its own options. So things like good and bad habits or having a goal streak and that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, the goal is just to make it so that whatever goal you have, you can track it however you want, um, without being complicated. It's, that's kind of been the main focus for me from the very beginning is that I want my mom to be able to open it up and just set a goal and be done in a minute and start doing her thing, you know, to not, to not have to, uh, to really fumble through it or something. I, I think a classic example would be something like Jira. If people are familiar with that, like that's Jira versus Trello is a good comparison, like trying to offer flexibility and allow people to do what they want to do, but kind of the Pareto, like, you know, the 20% of the, of the, um, you know, complexity, I guess, that gets you 80% of the value. I think that's kind of the key. So that's been, that's been the main focus is just keeping it simple, but still flexible. And uh, yeah, we're just kind of keep, we're always pushing toward that. Yeah, that's really cool. So, so would you say every day when you wake up in the morning, in terms of the pursuit of this project and, and company that you've built, do you, do you feel purpose uh, every day when you wake up? And is this really motivates you to wake up every day and, and work so hard towards uh, the end goal? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, and I, I wouldn't say that it has to be something so um, I don't know direct. Like it doesn't need to be something that you feel is like a a huge huge portion of the person's day, or that they have to use it you know ten times a day or something for it to be purposeful and and make you feel that fulfillment. But I think um, in my case, that productivity stuff has just always been something I'm really interested in. Um, some people may find it really dry or boring, you know, but it's whatever kind of lights you up, you know. I think that's uh, that's a really really big part of it. And for yeah, for me, I think productivity is really really interesting. I think it's cool to you know the kind of impact it can have on someone's life. Really cool, really cool. So, so would you say that if for entrepreneurs out there, do you think that you need to be passionate or, or have that purpose or drive in life? Um, and, and does that need to align with the business uh, that someone wants to start? I'd say, I, I feel like it's not necessarily like a prerequisite to at least being successful. Um, I think it helps you get through stay motivated and get through, you know, the, the messy stuff in the middle, you know, before the, Oh, this is fun. I'm going to start this thing. And then, you know, years later, you've been doing it consistently every day. <laughs> you know, like I think it's much more difficult to push through. And I, I saw that a lot, like when I did, um, you know, websites and stuff and I, I just, it was crazy. Some of the industries I would be like, what am I doing? Why am I even working on this? It's just to make a buck, you know? And it's like, if I'm doing that, I may as well just go, you know, get like a part-time job or something, you know? And I, I would, I would see it as something that was very like leveraged and long-term. I'm going to make it into this. It's going to turn into this like six figure residual income business. And it never did. It never happened once, you know? And it was like, it's just every time that it wasn't something I was actually interested in, it always became more complex. But that at the same time, like the other, the other, um, 
side of the coin, I guess, is that if you are motivated by the game of business, like if you really just enjoy, like you, you would go to business school for fun, you know, <laughs> like you really like the economics of it. You like the business model and the pricing side of it. You like marketing, you like talking with customers, you like research. If you like that stuff, then it doesn't really matter. You could sell, you know, software to people that have, you know, uh, used car dealerships or dentists. It doesn't really matter who it is. It doesn't have to be like, I'm really into dentistry or, you know what I mean? You could still be really into the idea of making software for those people. And so, and this, that's just in the software case. It's true also for writing a book or something, but I feel like with any of them, it's almost like a really, really nice cherry on top of the icing on the cake or something. If you have that interest in it yourself, because worst case, you're at least going to understand the problem better than someone else would. And that is definitely useful when it comes to designing products and, and thinking about how to solve problems. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've, I've actually asked many people that question before, and I've never actually heard that uh, heard that response from you know for people who are really interested in business alone and that's their passion in, in terms of the economics and everything like that. Then mm. the idea that you have or build doesn't necessarily need to be your passion project. And um, I think I think that's really a really good in, in, insight for for all the audience. And so nice. so getting back to the pursuit of habit in terms of your life and in your daily habits. Maybe you could just walk us through uh, a day in the life of Kyle Ritchie. I mean, from the minute you wake up and into the minute you go to bed, how, how are you, I guess, using your own app to, to help you be more productive and, and reach your goals and hit your vision? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I use, uh, I have two apps. I have the goal and habit tracking one strides and then summit is a daily planner. It's like tasks, events and notes. And so I, I use a combination of those two things to kind of manage my, my day. And, um, the uh if when i wake up i get up at 6 a.m every day and i just i just like it i didn't used to like it i used to sleep till eight or whatever <laughs> i was all about the whole like oh, i can work in my pjs because i work from home well you know that kind of thing it's like yeah okay you know but after a while i just got really old and my my wife got a job as a, a teacher and then i had kids and stuff it's like the, the more i got into this i started really seeing the benefits of, of getting up earlier and stuff so um so yeah i just i i like the whole i did you know i, I kind of like to get a little bit into biohacking stuff so like i'm not super i'm not a super nerd about it but but i i've learned about circadian rhythm and how it's good to get up at the same time every day day and stuff. And so unless we stay up till one o'clock in the morning or something on, on a Friday night at a party or something, I'm not really going to want to sleep in past six or seven. Um, so yeah, I get up pretty early and then, um, I work out first. That's always like my first thing. I may like hang out and look at my iPad, play some games or watch a YouTube video or something real quick just to kind of like wake up, you know, but, gotcha. um, but typically I'll just work out and then, um, so you drive, you drive to the gym all the way, all the way to the gym, the minute you wake up, and, and then no actually i have i just have a treadmill and adjustable dumbbells in my basement gotcha and so i just turn my tv on climate control nobody sweating on the machines or whatever i just do everything in my basement like it was it was really cheap to get it all set up it was no big deal it doesn't take up a ton of space I, the adjustable dumbbells were the key for sure because they go for they're like the bowflex ones they go from like five pounds up to 52 and a half i think and so I just do like, it came with like a little bench or whatever. I just, I can do basically anything from like three weights wise, um, on those. And so it's really compact. It could fit an apartment. I, I actually have some friends that have apartments that have that too and stuff. And that was huge for me. Cause like that, the, the motivation for me to drive to the gym and I mean the ongoing cost and everything else, it's just like, I'm not, that's not something I'm good at, honestly, especially not cause I live in Ohio. And so there are, you know, about four or five months out of the year, it's pretty cold. And there are times when it's snowy and stuff and, and so it's like, yeah, it's just, I, I found that it was a lot easier if I actually had it close to me. Um, so yeah, I just flip the TV on and watch something or I'll listen to a podcast or something and I'll just, yeah, just work out for an hour or so in the morning. Awesome. That's seven days a week? 
Um, I do five days a week. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm on like a, um, a, almost a hundred week streak, <laughs> um, of doing five days a week. Um, and then, uh, I think that one time was when I had the flu or something. <laughs> I got like a three or four days or something. So yeah, but anyway, so I, I, yeah, I've just been, you know, I've really, really enjoy, um, you know, doing about an hour. I just do a combination of strength and cardio. That's all it is. It's nothing too crazy, but um but yeah and then typically i'm done like you know maybe 7 30 or eight o'clock something like that i'll have some breakfast with my wife and kids and then um you know get a shower and kind of get ready for work and everything and usually by nine i'm, I'm working and i uh yeah i'll work on strides and summit till about noon or so and and then um, i like to try and i really like to try I, try I do email support so i like to talk with customers and everything so I like to try and get something impactful done before I do any email. Um, but that's a lot easier said than done. I'm honestly really bad about that. I should probably create a, a tracker for not doing email before I've done something. But uh, but yeah, I, I just try to get a, something good done in that three hours before, before lunch. It's proven that people who are held accountable to their goals are more likely to being successful. If you want to make it easier to hit your goals, I would highly recommend checking out Strides. I personally use Strides every single day to track all of my habits, and the best part is you can rely on Strides to be your own accountability partner. If you're interested in checking it out, it's completely free. Just head to pursuitofhabit.com strides or check it out on the App Store. Yeah, there's this big concept about, I guess, deep work. I mean, at the beginning of the day, turning off your emails and zoning out all of the notifications. So I guess uh, that's a, that's a good, that's a good point right there. So you hit 12 o'clock, you've done the three hours of work. Um, what's the, what's the kind of next step in your, in your day after you've, you've hit, hit 12 o'clock. Yeah. One thing that's really uh, odd, kind of unique and interesting about um, my like family situation is that my, I have very little kids, like they're five and three. And so they're not quite in school yet. And my wife was a teacher and she decided to stay home once we had the two kids and uh, with the boys and stuff. And so they, uh, she teaches them preschool. And so we're all four in the house, like together, you know, throughout the whole day. <laughs> and so uh, they actually, I, I actually eat, you know, all three meals with them every day. Wow, um, unless I mean, obviously we're going out and doing something else, whatever. So that's kind of cool. Like just playing with the boys and like taking them outside and doing stuff and that kind of thing on my lunch. I usually, usually do something like that unless I'm super busy, but, um, but yeah. And then by like one o'clock um, I'll get back and have a little bit of a food coma and <laughs> kind of get back into things. And then, and then, yeah, usually from one to five, I'll, I'll work, you know, so it ends up being actually, I guess it's really like seven hours of work, sometimes eight. I mean, I'll, I'll sometimes do something before I work out. Um, and then I occasionally will do things on the weekends too, because I have uh, co-founders that are not full-time. They're actually like moonlighting on it and stuff. So sometimes I'll work at night, sometimes I'll work on the weekend just to kind of help them out with stuff. Um, so it's probably around 40 hours total, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think the afternoon is a really good time for me too, because I, I like to um, do more of my design stuff at that time. Um, and so it's just after lunch and everything, it's like a good time for me to kind of get into the creative zone. And, and I was, I'm like, okay, I've cleared off most of my plate, like everything that I kind of had to do in the morning. And then let me just sort of, you know, usually I just sort of zone out. I just start thinking about things and how can I improve things? Maybe it's just based on some email I got or, um, you know, looking at, we have like user voice for feature requests. Maybe it's like looking at that or whatever, but maybe I'll just kind of get an idea in the shower and then I'll take some notes on it and start working on it at one. But um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. At five o'clock, I'll stop working. We'll eat some dinner and stuff. Play with the boys, hang out, and play some video games, whatever. Like, can you play some music or you know, go out and do stuff or whatever? And then um, I like to try to go to bed by like ten, just because I like to shoot for eight hours of sleep. But I usually get like seven or seven and a half. Um, 
depending if we're watching Game of Thrones is back on or whatever, you know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, in general, that's that's my whole that's my whole routine. Yeah, yeah, really cool. I think I think the interesting part out of that is is setting some time aside for the creativity aspect, especially when you're running a business and you need to rely on design and really think of the customer feedback. So that's that's really cool. Um, so we need to work towards wrapping up. I'm going to go into the lightning round where I'm just going to ask you five questions, and then the first answer that comes to your mind, um, you're gonna you're gonna feedback to us right away. So question one, what is your favorite business book? I would say The Dip by Seth Godin. It's really short, but it's one of those, it's, it's, it doesn't just like help you. It's, it says, I think, something like uh, helps you decide when to quit and when to stick. Um, but it's also something that makes you feel really comfortable like while you're in the dip, that kind of messy, complicated part after you've started something new, but you know you haven't quite succeeded yet. That's the part where a lot of people give up on things. And I think it's, it's good to make you feel more comfortable um, in, that, in that part. Perfect. What do you think is the secret to your success in building strides? Uh, aligning my incentives with the customers or users, I would say, is the biggest thing. Um, and do you want me to elaborate on anything with this or is it, should I go super quick? Please, yeah, elaborate if you like. Okay, yeah. So um, I, I feel like that's something that's really, really hard to do in a lot of cases. Um, I know there's like some fatigue with subscription models and that kind of stuff right now, but like even, even something like that, like we've been talking about maybe doing like a, a one-time payment, like a lifetime plan option or whatever, but like we are, um, at a point now where like, we're giving away on the free plan significantly, like two and a half times as many free trackers as, as, you know, competing apps, like they do three, we do seven, that kind of stuff. And so we're, we're giving away a whole bunch. But we're, you know, cash flow positive, things are good, we're growing and all this stuff because of the fact that like we're building this in a way that someone could use this thing for free for four years through college when they don't when they're student and they don't want to pay, you know, a few bucks a month to do something like this. And then um, because we've helped them, they want to support development, they want to unlock some more features, they want more value. And by the time that they've got to that point, we've added more features and done more stuff that can that can help them. So like it's really nice because it helps actually fund development. It really does uh, we roll tons of the money that we make back into like a very very large portion back into development to just keep making it better but um i think that focus on the lining incentives has been i mean honestly the driver of the whole thing like if i if i had looked at it as like i'm going to be short-sighted and make as much money as possible from each person squeeze that out of them on the first day that they get the app i would have made it very limiting and, and, and all that kind of stuff and not worried about the fact that a lot of people would just leave um, I want as many people to benefit from it as I can. And I think that's, I think that's been a really big help. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, especially as technology is becoming more and more saturated in the market and really competitive is, is authentic relationships with your customers and, and making sure you provide the, yeah. the most value for sure. So, so next question, name the, name the biggest trend in the next five years that interests you. People realizing that their smartphone doesn't have to be a distraction. I think that's like the, I, I was at a party talking to someone I barely knew a few months ago and they said something about how they, um, you know, they basically they're just, it was one of those classic, like, Hey, what do you do? And I just said, oh, I make you know apps. He's like, apps, what do you mean? I was like, Oh, you know, like for the iPhone and that kind of stuff. And, oh, interesting. Okay. And what, what kind? And I was like, productivity apps. He's like, productivity. He just like, gave me this weird look. And I was just like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, huh. And he just paused. He's like, I, 
I've never really thought about my phone being productive. And I was like, what? It just kind of blew my mind that this person was like, like surprised that you could use a phone to be, you know, it's like this, you're carrying around this computer that's more powerful than the one we put people on the moon with, you know? And it's like, people just think it's like this little social media device, you know? And I've seen like, I mean, Cal Newport, you mentioned deep work, like he's got digital minimalism as a new book that's out and stuff. And a lot, there's like this big, big trend right now. People like, turning off push notifications for anything that's not useful, like their calendar and that kind of stuff, like things that they actually need that are trying to help them do what they're trying to do instead of, Hey, can we distract you real quick so we can make some more ad impressions? <laughs> you know, like I, I really, really like, I don't mind social media, but I think, I think it's like, you know, taking back control of that stuff is starting to become uh, more normal. And I think we're all kind of waking up to the sort of dizzying, you know, amount of, of usage that those apps get. And they can be very, very useful tools. It can be really fun and entertaining and stuff. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I've gone down plenty of Reddit rabbit holes and stuff. But like, I just, yeah, I love the idea of, you know, uh, taking control of that stuff, which notifications you're getting and that kind of thing. And then also, you know, of course, I'm biased too, like using productivity tools on those on your phone too. Um, and the things that can actually help you achieve your goals too. For sure, for sure. And even another point to that as well is accountability to your goals that, that, that Strides is providing as well. Uh, next question. So what is your biggest regret in life? Oh, wow. Uh, I, I would say actually the first thing that comes to mind is trying to be super clever about business ideas, like getting into like, oh, you know, there's already an app that does this, so I can't do it. I need to make something that's unique because that cost me literally years of my career cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars and I probably millions or tens of millions in revenue potential because if I had just been like yeah I'm gonna make the best calculator for iPad something that didn't exist it was just serving a need people look for calculator and there isn't one I don't know why Apple never made one but they didn't I could have done that my my friend in college actually did one and he tried to make it way too good and he never ended up actually releasing it and this other guy made one and put a little banner at the bottom. You could get rid of it for 99 cents. And he, the last I heard, there's a blog post about that iPad, first iPad calculator app that made like, I think it was $2.5 million or something that he made from a 99 cent in-app purchase. So it's like, I mean, my point is that like, it, it wouldn't have been complicated to build something very, very simple early on and then use that to fund bigger, you know, more impactful ideas. And I just, I... That's I would say that's my biggest regret. When I mean, I, yeah, I I can't think of anything else that would have been, um, you know, an easier way to to succeed and do well with things to just kind of get almost like the gold rush, you know, to just be there at the right time and just provide value for something. Um, but I just completely like I think the lesson to glean from this is definitely like don't overthink things. I just talked to someone, a student that was emailing me about like you know uh, app ideas, and they're like, well, there's already this one app that does this, and I'm thinking, no, like it doesn't matter if there's an app. If there are five apps, that's a good sign. If there are five businesses or books that are on this topic or whatever it is you're trying to do, podcasts, anything, like it doesn't. That's a really good sign. That's a sign of a healthy competitive landscape it's a good thing you do not need to be clever you do not need to make something unique that no one's ever seen before um make it better put your own twist on it make it cheaper make it easier to access make it for more people make it for less people with less features i mean there, there are plenty of ways to change things to make them um, unique without being unique you the idea and almost no ideas are actually unique you know so yeah i'd say that's my my biggest regret yeah, completely true. I think that's a really, uh, really good comment and, and unique perspective on on starting businesses. People think they need, you know, to be the most creative in next Facebook or Amazon, but really, it's 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 much more simple than that. So, completely yeah. understand. Okay, so final question before we wrap up, and uh, here we go. What is the one piece of advice you would give your twenty year old self? 
20 year old. Okay. So I was, that was between uh, sophomore and junior year of college. That actually was the year. Um, I think it was like four or five days after I turned 20 was when I started my business. Um, and it was like when the, the recession was kind of coming, I think it was 2006. And so, um, I would say in one word focus, like if I had to talk to my 20 year old self, it would be focused because I mean, cultural norms, parental, parental kind of pressures and just different, different things. No one was like, you know, saying, Hey, you need to stay in college or anything, but like, I shouldn't have to be completely honest and not that there's anything no dig on college in general, but like for me. I was in a major that I wasn't that interested in. It was, it was an engineering degree. I, it was cool. I liked it in general, but like I didn't like a lot of the core classes and I was very hesitant about a lot of stuff. And that's why I started the business. But had I just had the, um, I don't know, like the, the wherewithal to just tell people like, listen, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to spend 40 or 50 hours a week on school for the next two years. I'm going to put all that time into my business. It would have sounded ridiculous and crazy to people. But like, if I look back at like, not just the money I was making or the, you know, you know, the success I was having or like anything like that, not even like the sort of the uh, vanity metrics or anything like that. But if I just look at like the pride I was taking, the way I was spending my time and, and what I was, what I was doing, the value I was adding and stuff, the last two years of college, it was supposed to be for me, but it really wasn't. It was, it was for, um, you know, for cultural norms. It was for, you need to get this degree kind of thing. I just thought that's what I was supposed to do. Um, but I feel like if, I mean, leading back to that, like regret one, like if I had dropped out, honestly, when I was 20 and I had just focused, like, I mean, I look back at like what happened after I was done and I had graduated and in the first year after I had graduated, I was used to doing 40 hours a week or whatever in school. and then another 10 or 15 in my business. And like, if I had just been putting that 40 to 50 hours or more in, into the business that those two years, man, I can't even imagine how much further along I would be by now, how much, how many more people I could have helped and stuff. So I, yeah, I, I would say generally focus is huge. It's really easy to talk about. It's really easy to say, but it's hard to do, you know, cause you, you feel like you, it's easier to be spread thin, but know that you're kind of covering all your bases and not putting all your eggs in one basket. But I think that's a very dangerous mindset to get into. Um, because if you're just diluting and kind of watering down each thing you're do doing, you know, then it's like, it's not actually going to accomplish much. Okay. Gotcha. So simplify your business ideas, keep your focus. Don't listen to cultural norms. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Kyle. We really appreciate it. Thank you.